Hello, if there's anyone listening. Let's take a deep breath. Nothing really matters. Um, My little guy woke up a little early this morning. He's just chilling in his crib. Um, Eventually he won't be happy in there by himself anymore, but for now he seems to be fine. Um, I got a decent amount of cleaning done last night. I, um, did the dishes, obviously. I sanitized some bottles and some pump parts. And I changed the, uh, recycling and the paper recycling as well. And I kind of spot cleaned the floors a little bit. And I, um, what else? I tidied up quite a bit in the living room. It was pretty, pretty disastrous in here. There's a lot of takeout garbage. So I, uh, I did that. And, um, put some stuff away because it was here in the living room when it belonged elsewhere. My meals are not really structured at night, um, when I'm off all night. Um, I had some cinnamon toast and some spaghetti. Uh, could have been more nutritious, but that's okay. He's just talking to himself in there. be funny if he went back to sleep. Near the birds chirping outside. It looks like it might be a bit of an overcast day. It's been really nice out lately. Uh, what is the temperature anyway? It is, let's see, 14 degrees. Uh, definitely cooler than yesterday, but not, not too cool. <laughs> I'm watching him on the camera, he's just so funny. He's rolling around, making noises. What a funny guy. Um, what else did I do last night? I watched a couple of cleaning, (sighs) cleaning motivation videos. And I found this channel called, I think it's called, um, Do It On A Dime. And this woman seems to do, like, um, videos on cleaning and kind of saving money and stuff. And, uh, I've watched plenty of, um, cleaning videos before, like, clean with me or cleaning motivation videos. Um, but this one was kind of, um, different and kind of refreshing because, um, she talked about how, uh, like, she, she talked about, like, the problem with perfectionism and that, like, 
um, that she aims to have 80% of her house clean 80% of the time. And that, like, if she leaves that 20% of mess, then it helps her avoid perfectionism. And, yeah, it was just, like, a really cool video because it wasn't just about cleaning. It was also about, like, a little bit about mental health and kind of, like, having a better perspective of things. And and also, like, the cleaning supplies that she used was very um, affordable and, like, frugal and stuff, which is not always the case, um, when you watch these cleaning videos, and sometimes, like, the people's houses look perfect, and I look at them and think, well, your house was already basically clean, you just had to do a little bit of a tidying and maintenance, which, <laughs> my house does not stay, like, a presentable level of clean, but this woman's house was pretty messy, I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty messy, um, and she cleaned it. Um, it was, like, messy, like, kind of to the degree that my place gets messy sometimes, so it was easier to relate to her. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, I didn't really have an idea of what to do for this episode. Um... I actually almost forgot to record it. Uh, let's see where we're at in terms of countries. Um, okay, so we did Malaysia, Australia, Netherlands. Next is United Kingdom. Um, we could do that, I suppose. Why not? Uh, United Kingdom. Great. Wikipedia. stop by etymology and terminology. Um, mm, oh, right, because the United Kingdom isn't just England. That's a whole complicated history there. Basically, it includes parts of, um, Britain, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. Um, the country occupies the major part of the British Isles archipelago and includes the island of Great Britain. Wait. Okay, the North eastern one-sixth of the island of Ireland and some smaller surrounding islands. It lies between the North Atlantic Ocean and the North Sea, with the southeast coast coming within 22 miles of the coast of northern France. 
from which it's separated by the English Channel. Most of the country consists of lowland ter terrain, with more upland and some mountainous terrain northwest of the Tees X line, including the Lake District, the Pennines, Exmoor, and Dartmoor. The main rivers and estuaries are the, are the Thames, Severn, and Humber. England's highest mountain is Scaffold Pike in the Lake District. There's some lovely pictures here. Rolling hills, mountains in the distance. What looks like a kind of a, well, I don't know what you would call that. Oh yes, that's right. The um, sky is one of the major islands in the inner hybrid circle. No, that can't be how it's pronounced. Hebrides and part of the Scottish Highlands. Okay. Yeah. Climate. Most of the United Kingdom has a temperate climate with generally cool temperatures and plentiful rainfall all year round. The temperature varies with the season seldom dropping below um, negative 20 degrees Celsius, or rising above 35 degrees Celsius. I'm just gonna do a quick check on my tiny friend in there. He may have fallen back asleep, I didn't think he was going to, because he's in the same position he was when I checked on him last. I might have spoke too soon, but, oh, he's moving a little bit. Well, he's quiet in there anyway. We'll see what happens. So, yep. Um, some parts away from the coast of upland England, Wales, Northern Ireland, and most of Scotland experience a subpolar oceanic climate. Higher elevations in Scotland experience a continental subarctic climate, and the mountains experience a tundra climate. The prevailing wind is from the southwest and bears frequent spells of mild and wet weather from the Atlantic Ocean. Although the eastern parts are mostly sheltered from this wind, since the majority of the rainfall over the western regions, um, the eastern parts uh, are therefore the driest. Atlantic currents, oops, phone fell asleep. Atlantic currents warmed by the Gulf Stream bring mild winters, especially in the west where winters are wet and even more so over high ground. Summers are warmest in the southeast of England and coolest in the north. Heavy snowfall can occur in winter and early spring on high ground and occasionally settles to great depth away from the hills. United Kingdom is ranked 4 out of 180 countries in the Environmental Performance Index. Okay, well that's good. 
a law has been passed that the UK greenhouse gas emissions will be net zero by 2050. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't know that. Um, why don't we look at the individual, some of the individual. Um, so Great Britain... The name Britain descends from the Latin name for the island of Great Britain, Britannia, or Britannia, but there's some kind of um, accent on the A, and I don't know how to change my pronunciation properly um, to reflect that. <clears throat> Excuse me. The land of the Britons via the old French Brit Brit Britannia. Not, that's not too... That's not too dissimilar from the new French. Um, um, the, the term Great Britain was first used officially in 1474. The use of the word great before Britain originates in the French language, which used Britannia for both uh, Britain and Brittany. French therefore distinguishes between the two by calling uh, Britain La Grande Bretagne, a distinction which was transferred into English. Well, I don't even know what Brittany is. Um, it's a peninsula, historic country and cultural region in the west of modern France. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. That's interesting. doesn't actually appear to be a geog geography or um, climate section. It's mostly historical information. Um, yeah, so let's go back to the main thing there and look at... Um, Let's look at Ireland, just because that's where most of my ancestors are from, so why not? Um, it's an island in the North Atlantic, and it is separated from Great Britain to its east by the North Channel, the Irish Sea, and St. George's Channel. Ireland is the second largest island of the British Isles, the third largest in Europe, and the 20th largest on Earth. It's funny. Here's a picture of it. What does it look like? If you turn it sideways, it looks kind of like, um, like a large hooved animal. Like maybe a bison or a buffalo. So that's what it looks like to me. If you turn it on the other side, what does it look like? Oh, it keeps flipping. My phone keeps flipping the screen. 
Um, turn it upside down. Oh, actually, you know what? It looks kind of like a like a bird uh, with a dog face or a seahorse. It's hard to say. Anyway. So we all know Ireland is um, divided and such, but uh, let's not go there. Um, the names Ireland and uh, Air derive from the Old Irish now, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, and the reason why is because I have tried to learn Irish in the past, and I know for a fact that however I think this is pronounced, I just, there's no way I'm going to guess it. There's no way, um, because you just, it's not, um, it's, I'm not going to be able to guess how it's pronounced. Um, yeah but it's a goddess in Irish mythology first recorded in the 9th century. Um, interesting. I hadn't heard of that goddess. Uh, let's look at geography. A ring of coastal mountains surround low plains at the center of the island. The highest of these is, again, this is not the correct pronunciation, I know, Carantool, uh, um, in County Kerry, which rises to 1,038 meters above sea level. The most arable land lies in the province of uh, Leinster. That might be wrong also. Western areas are mainly mountainous and rocky with green panoramic vistas. River Shannon, the island's longest river at 386 kilometers, uh, rises in County Cavan in the north, uh, in the northwest and flows through Limerick in the Midwest. In the southwest, around Bantry Bay and the mountains of McGillicuddy's Reeks, is an area of substantially deformed, lightly metamorphosed, dev Devian-aged rocks. This partial ring of hard rock geology is covered by a blanket of carb uh, carbonif carb uh, carboniferous limestone over the center of the country, giving rise to a comparatively fertile and lush landscape. Okay, I want to know more about that. What is metamorphosed? Uh, what does that mean? Metamorphic rocks arise from the transformation of existing rock to new types of rock in a process called metamorphism. The original rock is subject to temperatures greater than 150 to 200 degrees Celsius and often elevated pressure, 
causing profound physical and chemical changes. During this process, the rock remains mostly in the solid state, but gradually recrystallizes to a new texture or mineral composition. The protolith may be a sedimentary, igneous, or existing metamorphic rock. Okay, I think I've seen rocks like these before. Um, near here, actually. They're very interesting looking. Um, yeah. Uh, hydrocarbon exploration. Uh, bunch of pictures here. The island's lush, lush vegetation, a product of its mild climate and frequent rainfall, earns it this sobriquet, the Emerald Isle. Overall, Ireland has a mild but changeable oceanic climate, with few extremes. Let me just check on him again here, see what he's up to. Is he still awake in there? It's hard to tell. Might just be restless. Overall, Ireland has a mild but changeable oceanic climate with few extremes. The climate is typically insular and is temperate, avoiding the extremes in temperature of many other areas in the world at similar latitudes. This is a result of the moderating moist winds which ordinarily prevail from the southwestern Atlantic. Precipitation falls throughout the year but is light overall, particularly in the east. The west tends to be wetter on average and prone to Atlantic storms, especially in the late autumn and winter months. These occasionally bring destructive winds and higher total rainfall to these areas, as well as sometimes snow and hail. The regions of North County Galway and um, East County Mayo have the highest incidence of recorded lightning annually for the island, for the island with lightning... Um, occurring approximately five to ten days per year uh, in these areas. Munster in the south uh, rec uh, records the least snow, whereas Ulster in the north records the most. Inland areas are warmer in summer and cooler in winter. Usually around 40 days of the year are below freezing. At inland weather stations compared to ten days of at coastal weather, uh, coastal stations. Oh, interesting. Um, Ireland is sometimes affected by heat waves. Um, flora and fauna. Because Ireland became isolated from mainland Europe by rising sea levels before the last ice age, had completely finished. It has fewer land, animal, and plant species than Great Britain or mainland Europe. There are 55 mammal species in Ireland, and of them, only 26 land mammal species are considered native to Ireland. Hmm. Some species, such as the red fox, hedgehog, and badger, are very common, whereas others like the Irish hare, red deer, and pine marten are less so. Aquatic wildlife such as species of sea turtle, shark, seal, whale, and dolphin are common off the coast. About 400 species of birds have been recorded in Ireland. Many of these are migratory, including the barn swallow.
several different habitats. Uh, oh, ha habitat type ha habitat types are found in Ireland, including farmland, open woodland, temperate broadleaf and mixed forests, conifer plantations, peat bogs, and a variety of coastal habitats. Um, Until the end of the Middle Ages, Ireland was heavily forested, with native trees such as oak, ash, hazel, birch, alder, willow, aspen, rowan, and yew, and Scots pine. Um, yeah, and I kind of went through, well, I'm, I'm really interested in trees, so I did some research on a lot of those. Um, so, mostly the symbology of them. Um, there is a um, Irish, it's supposed, well, it's not really clear what the history of it is. Um, some people say it's like a, a tree alphabet, some people say it's a form of divination, people do currently use it as a form of divination. Um, of, it's called the Oum, and it consists of representations of um, I don't know how many trees, actually, that's funny that I don't know how many trees are in the album, but, um, oh, well, I think it must be 12, right? Because there's one for every month of the year, I think. Um, or maybe that's not true in all, um, iterations of it, but, um, it's, people have kind of reinterpreted it, so I'm kind of losing track of, like, when... It got interpreted one way, but one theory of where it came from was that maybe it was an old, like, military alphabet that was used, like, basically to write in code, which I think is a cool thing. Anyway, it's based on the trees that are in Ireland. Much of the land is now covered with pasture, and there are many species of wildflower, gorse, that's also in... I don't think that's part, that's not part of the original album, but it's in the cards that I have. I don't, I don't think it's part of the original one, though. Uh, wild firs, also in, in my tree cards. Those aren't trees, though. I think those are shrubs. Is commonly found growing in the uplands, and ferns are plentiful in the more moist regions, especially in the western parts.
I believe I do have some ancestors from Scotland as well, but um, that side of the family is a little bit harder to pinpoint. Um, Scotland. You know, I've never seen the Scottish flag before, um, but it's really simple. It's just kind of like, um, I guess you could describe it two ways. It's kind of um, an a white X over a blue background, or you could also say it's uh, four triangles pointing into the center of a white background. It's a lot simpler than I would have imagined for Scotland, I don't know why. Hmm. Scotland comes from Scotty, or Scotti, the Latin name for the Gales. Philip Freeman has speculated on the likelihood of a group of raiders adopting a name from an Indo-European root, Scot, citing the parallel in Greek Scotus, meaning darkness, gloom. The late Latin word Scotia, land of the Gaels, was initially used to refer to Ireland, and likewise in early Old English Scotland, was used for Ireland. Interesting. Prehistory. It is believed the first post-glacial groups of hunter-gatherers arrived in Scotland around 12,800 years ago, as the ice sheets retreated after the last glacia glace glaciation. At the time, Scotland was covered in forests and more bogland, um, oh, had more bogland, and the main form of transport was by water. These settlers began building the first known permanent houses on Scotland soil around 9,500 years ago, and the first villages around 6,000 years ago. Oh, interesting. The well-preserved village of Scarabray on the mainland of Orkney dates from this period. Neolithic habita habitation, burial, and ritual sites are particularly common and well-preserved in the Northern Isles and Western Isles, where a lack of trees led to most structures being built of local stone. Okay. Geography and natural history. <sighs> The whole of Scotland was covered by ice sheets during the Pleistocene age, Ice Age, um, and the landscape is much affected by glaciation. From a geological perspective, the country has three main subdivisions. The highlands and islands lie to the north and west of the Highland Boundary Fault, which runs from Erin to Stonehaven. This part of Scotland largely comprised ancient rocks from the Cambrian and Precambrian, which were uplifted during the later Caledonian Orogeny. <laughs> it is interspersed with Ignatius intrusions of a more recent age, remnants of which formed mountain, mountain mass, massifs, such as the Cairngorms and Skyglens. 
some stuff about fossils. So basically the the three subdivisions are the highlands and islands, the central lowlands, and the southern uplands. Okay. The climate of most of Scotland is temperate and oceanic and tends to be very changeable as it is warmed by the Gulf Stream from the Atlantic. It has much mild, milder winters but cooler, wetter summers than areas on similar latitudes such as Labrador, southern Scandinavia, the Moscow region in Russia, and the Kamchatka Peninsula on the opposite side of Eurasia. The west of Scotland is usually warmer than the east owing to the influence of Atlantic Ocean currents and the colder surface temperatures of the North Sea. Taree in the inner Hebrides is one of the sunniest places in the country. It has more than 300 hours of sunshine in, um, had more than 300 hours of sunshine in May 1975. Rainfall varies widely across Scotland. The western highlands of Scotland are the wettest annual rainfall in a few places exceeding 3,000 millimeters. Whoa, that's a lot of millimeters. In comparison, much of lowland Scotland receives less than 800 millimeters annually. Oh, I, th I thought they meant 3,000 millimeters like in one rain, which is ridiculous. Of course, they didn't mean that. Um, Hemis... Uh, heavy snowfall is not common in the lowlands, but becomes more common with altitude. Okay. Flora and fauna. Scotland's wildlife is typical of the northwest of Europe, although several of the larger animals, such as the lynx, brown bear, elf, elk, walrus, were hunted to extinction in historic times, so not anytime recently. I guess. But all of those animals exist elsewhere, I think. Obviously, like, those are all animals I've heard of, so I'm pretty sure they all exist elsewhere. They just apparently don't exist in Scotland anymore. There are important populations of seals and internationally significant nesting grounds for a variety of seabirds, such as the gannets. The golden eagle is uh, something of a national icon. On the high mountaintops, species include ptarmigan, mountain hare, and stoat. Oh, species including ptarmigan, tarm mountain hare, and stoat can be seen in their white color phase during winter months. Okay. The UK's only endemic bird species invertebrate. Um, can be found alongside Capricali, Scottish Wildcat, Red Squirrel, and Pine Martin. Oh, I thought that the, I read the sentence from the middle. It starts with, um, remnants of the native Scots pine forest exist, uh, and within these areas, the Scottish crossbill, the UK's only endemic bird species invertebrate, can be found alongside Capricali, Scottish Wildcat, Red Squirrel, and Pine Martin. Beavers, Wild Boar. 
the flora of the country is varied, incorporating both dodaceous and uh, coniferous um, woodland, as well as moorland and tundra species. I think I might have heard somebody awake in there. Oh no, I'm wrong. He's asleep. Okay. The UK's tallest tree is the Grand Fir, planted beside Loch Fine or Finn Argyle in the 1870s, and the Fortingal Yew may be 5,000 years old and is probably the oldest living thing in Europe. The oldest living thing in Europe. Wow. Although the number of native vascular plants is low by world standards, Scotland's substantial bryophyte flora is of global importance. So that's Scotland, and the last one is Wales. Now, when I was little and I heard that there was a Prince of Wales, I thought that he was the Prince of, like, Wales, the animal. So I thought that, like, maybe he could communicate with Wales, or he could command Wales, or Wales just really liked him. I don't, I don't know. I didn't know that Wales was a place, so that is what I thought, and I still think that. No, I'm kidding. I don't still think that, but that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, let's see. What do we have for Wales? Ooh, the, whale, the Welsh flag is really cool. It's basically just like, it's got a white and green background. And there's just a giant red dragon on it, which is pretty rad, if you ask me. Um, let's see. Etymology. The English words Wales and Welsh derive from the same Old English root, singular, uh, I'm just going to take a crack at it, um, will, um, a descendant of Proto-Germanic. Wall has, which was itself derived from the name of the Gaulish people known to the Romans as Volcae. Okay. So. Um. Hmm. Starting to get sleepy. Talking about different names and things. Um, geography and natural history. More beautiful photos of landscapes. Um, Wales is generally a uh, mountainous country on the western side of central uh, southern Great Britain. Um, Wales is bordered by England to the east and by sea in all other directions. 
the Irish Sea to the north and west St. George's Channel and the Celtic Sea to the southwest and the Bristol Channel to the south. Okay, that's, that's cool. Much of Wales' diverse landscape is mountainous, particularly in the north and central regions. The mountains were shaped during the last ice age, the Devon, the Devonian glaci uh, glaciation. The highest mountains in Wales are in Snowdonia, a place I've never heard of, of which five are over a thousand meters. Welsh, Welsh, man, Welsh mountains uh, were 15... Oh, sorry, I'm reading in the middle of a sentence again. Um, Wales has three national parks, Snowdonia, Brecon uh, Beacons, and Pembrokeshire, Pembrokeshire Coast. It has five areas of outstanding natural beauty. Okay, like, it's capitalized, so I guess, like, areas of outstanding natural beauty is, like, an official title. Uh, Anglesey, the Clwydian Range, and Dee Valley. The uh, Gower Peninsula and Lynn Peninsula and the Y Valley. The Gower Peninsula or Gower Peninsula was the first area in the United Kingdom to be designated as an area of outstanding natural beauty. I've never heard of this um, place as being designated areas of outstanding natural beauty, or maybe I have heard of it and I just assumed that it was something somebody was like somebody came up with as a way of describing a specific place rather than an actual uh, title awarded to a, a, a place. lies within the north temperate zone. It has a changeable maritime climate and is one of the wettest countries in Europe. Interesting. Welsh weather is often cloudy, wet, and windy with warm summers and mild winters. Rainfall patterns show significant variation. The further west, the higher the expected rainfall, up to 40% more. At low elevations, rain is unpredictable at any time of year, although the showers tend to be shorter in summer. The uplands of Wales have, mo have most rain, normally more than 50 days of rain during the winter months. Wow. Falling to around 35 rainy days during the summer months. Annual rainfall in Snowdonia averages between 3,000 millimeters and 5,000 millimeters. The likelihood that it will fall as sleet or snow when the temperature falls below 5 degrees Celsius um, and snow tends to be lying on the ground, uh, there for an average of 30 days a year. That sentence didn't seem grammatically correct to me, but 
I'm not going to reread it. Snow falls several times each winter in inland areas, but is relatively uncommon around the coast. Wales wildlife is typical of Britain with several distinctions. Because of its long coastline, Wales hosts a variety of seabirds. The coasts and surrounding islands are home to colonies of gannets, manx, shearwater, puffins, kittiwakes, uh, shags, and razorbills. In comparison with uh, 60% of whales above the 150 meter contour, the country also supports a variety of upland habitat birds, including raven and ring ouzel. Birds of prey include the merlin, hen har harrier, and red kite, a national symbol of Welsh wildlife. Two species of small rodent, the yellow-necked mouse and the dormouse, are a special Welsh note being found at the historically undisturbed border area. The pine marten, which has been sighted occasionally, has not been officially recorded since the 1950s. The polecat was nearly driven to extinction in Britain, but hung on in Wales and is now rapidly spreading. Well, that's good. Feral goats can be found in Snowdonia. Well, what's the difference between feral goats and wild goats? Like, uh, feral cats is one thing, because cats were domesticated a long time ago, but, like, aren't there species of goats that are still wild? I guess maybe these goats were originally, um, originally lived with people and, or not originally, obviously, but lived with people at one point and, and now don't. I don't know. Um, the waters of southwest Wales of uh, Gower or Gower, Pembrokeshire and Cardigan Bay attract marine animals including basking sharks, Atlantic grey seals, leatherback turtles, dolphins, porpoises, jellyfish, crabs, and lobsters. Pemb Pembrokeshire and uh, Sarah Saradigin or Saradigin, I have no idea, uh, in particular are recognized as an area of international importance for bottlenose dolphins and New Quay as the only summer residence of bottlenose dolphins in the whole of the UK. River fish of note include char, eel, salmon, shad, sparling, and arctic char. Um, whilst the uh, Gwyniad is unique to Wales, found only in Bala Lake. Wales is known for its shellfish, including cockles, limpet, mussels, and periwinkles. Herring, mackerel, and hake uh, are the more common of the country's marine fish. Interesting. The north-facing high grounds of Snowdonia support a relict pre-glacial flora, including the iconic Snowden lily and other alpine species. 
Wales has a number of plant species not found elsewhere in the UK, including the spotted rock rose. That sounds really cool. And that's about it for, for Wales. It's time for my little guy to get up, so I'm finishing just in time. Um, so a reminder that you can uh, follow me on Instagram at, at nrmpodcast, um, and you can also email me at nrmpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm, I would love to hear from any of you, um, any feedback that you have, any requests, any uh yeah, any, any feedback at all. Um, and so I hope that you have a very peaceful sleep and I will talk to you again soon.